For me, the military was kind of a savior. It allowed me to escape the situation. It allowed me to not have to deal with anything. And it attached me to a purpose greater than myself. But what I didn't realize is that eventually that would all catch up to me. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this very special episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and this is our second annual Veterans Day special where we feature a really amazing veteran with an incredible story and a nonprofit as well to where we can help veterans who may be in crisis. So I'd like to welcome to the show Amanda E. Held. Amanda is an equine specialist, facilitator, lifelong equestrian, and veteran with 17 combined years of service in the United States Air Force and the Air National Guard. She is passionate about helping people shift their perception to live a life of radical appreciation, which we're going to talk quite a bit about. Amanda's passion is to travel and teach that process she personally uses to heal those who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Her work benefits clients on both a personal and professional level and allows them to create a life of passion, purpose, and inspiration for themselves. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Richard, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, This is going to be a phenomenal episode. I am always grateful when people who have given so much for this country come on this program and are willing to be vulnerable and share their experiences. So there's a lot of things that we can talk about. We're certainly going to talk about your nonprofit, and we're going to talk about your book that you've written as well. But I'd really like to start with your story. And we've certainly, I just stated you had 17 years of combined service uh, let's talk about what your experiences were like in the military. And I know that some of that was very difficult in terms of trauma, and I'm grateful for your willingness to share about that. So let's let's begin talking about your military career. Sure. I actually joined the military to escape uh, my, my situation. I had a lot of trauma as a child. And so for me, the military was kind of a savior. It allowed me to escape the situation. It allowed me to not have to deal with anything. And it attached me to a purpose greater than myself. But what I didn't realize is that eventually that would all catch up to me. So for me, serving in the military really kept me alive. It kept me going. It kept me motivated and attached to something that was so much greater than myself. And it really really have enjoyed my time. I'm, I'm still serving at the 180th Fighter Wing here in Toledo, and I've got four years to retirement, but um, it's been a great career. And I love that you're still doing it. And you mentioned something that was very interesting to me. You mentioned that you had childhood trauma, but that the military served as an escape for you. Talk to us a little bit more about that and what you mean by that. 
Sure. Uh, growing up, my mother struggled with mental illness. And for whatever reason, I was the outlet for her to, um, you know, release her anger. So, you know, one of the things that I was a little nervous about when I started this program is that I don't have combat trauma. I've deployed and I've served overseas, but I've never seen combat. So that's not where my trauma comes from. And I've really been embraced by every single veteran who's come through the program. And uh, one of the first guys, he was a ranger and I was really intimidated to help him. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Amanda, trauma is trauma. And I just appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable because no, I wasn't overseas in combat, but I was in the war zone every day as a child in my house when the battle was going to strike. So I feel like I've been able to overcome and work through all of that and, and now appreciate the things I endured in childhood because it is really the only reason I'm able to help people to the degree I am. And so you mentioned that this was really your mother and your mother suffered from mental illness. How old were you when you were able to really start doing the work to resolve those issues? Well, it was 2008. I did a really good job of avoiding uh, dealing with anything, which you know had its benefits because it enthralled me into my work. I was uh, excellent at my job. I would work 15 hours a day because when I was working, I didn't have to think about anything. So the benefits started playing out as soon as I left for the military. But I really believe that when we run from our trauma, when we run from our struggle, that eventually it will catch up with us. And and that's what happened to me in 2008. Finally, everything caught up with me. I had a nervous breakdown. I ended up in the hospital. I was diagnosed with complex PTSD, uh, bipolar disorder, and borderline personality disorder. Those labels cut pretty deep. Uh, There was a lot that I didn't understand at the time. All I knew is that I didn't want to be alive anymore. I didn't feel alive anymore. And nothing traditional was helping. The medication made me numb. And I found myself out of the hospital, heavily medicated, still not dealing with the root issues that brought me to the place that I was at. And I decided at that point that I was too stubborn to go out like that. And I had to find a way to heal myself because I realized that nobody else was ever going to do it for me. And that's when I started embarking on the journey of personal development and alternative coaching for stress and trauma. So what were the early influences in in your development? You said you started with personal development. Who, Who did you read? What strategies did you use? What were the things that started helping turn the tide for you? It started in kind of a, a, a random meeting with a guy named Chaz. And I had joined this, um, it was a money coaching program. And one of the, our assignments was you have to do this meditation and then you have to go on Facebook and you have to comment on, on your thoughts. And I was scrolling through the newsfeed of everyone's comments and I liked what this guy said. I don't even remember what it was. And I clicked on his Facebook page and it said Demartini Facilitator. And I had never heard of Demartini before. But I, I sent him a friend request. We started chatting. He said, you know, I've, I follow this guy. His name's Dr. John Demartini. And he helps people overcome trauma. And I said, oh my gosh, 
can, will you coach me? And he started with the tools and he just started explaining the, the process to me. And I'm, I remember saying to him, like, this is so simple. Why doesn't everybody know this information? If this is so congruent with our instincts and it makes sense. It just makes so much sense. And for the first time, I felt like I had an explanation of why my life ended up the way that it did. And furthermore, now I could do something about it. It was the first time I felt empowered. Like I don't have to live by these diagnosis and these labels. And what was really quite interesting is I had that experience. And then I was also referred to a chaplain. Um, her name was Chaplain Elaine Henderson down in Cincinnati. And I drove three hours to meet with her and I told her my whole life story. And I said, this is everything that's wrong with me. And I'm, I'm bipolar and I'm, I've got PTSD. And she just looked at me and she said, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but it sounds like you just have a whole lot of grief that you've never been taught how to deal with. And it was in that moment that I was like, whoa, grief. Yeah. And I just started crying and it was like this emotional release because I feel like once we're given these labels, then we, we live by that. Well, I do this because I'm that, or I'm this way because of this. And that wasn't a good enough explanation for me. So when she told me that I just had grief, I, my first thought was maybe I could be a normal person again someday. And, uh, and so between that, Divine meeting and and working with Chaz was actually able to uh, remove all of my diagnoses. I have been back and psychologically tested, and I I no longer have anything. Uh, no PTSD. I am not bipolar, and uh, I do not have borderline personality disorder. And some would say, well, you never had it to begin with, and you were misdiagnosed. But you know, in those times of, of mania and extreme depression. I don't feel like I wasn't those things, but I learned uh, how to ask the right questions. And I feel like that's what it's all about. And, and Dr. Martini says, the quality of your life is based on the questions you ask. And I, I was able to completely transform my life by asking better questions. One thing, Amanda, I want to applaud you for the courage for sharing your story. I said it before, but the the other thing that I think you said that was very powerful is there are several things in there that I heard is one, you didn't allow labels to stick with you because a lot of times we get labels, diagnoses can be pejorative and they stick with people. The other thing that I thought was very interesting and certainly from a military standpoint is you talked about not being taught how to grieve, not having that ability to grieve. Could you talk to us about I know that when you go through training in the military, you, you get training on how to do everything from tying your shoes to making your bed to flying a, a combat uh, simulator to everything else, but they don't teach you guys how to grieve. So talk to us about what that's like in the military culture. And then I want to spend a little bit of time and transition to talk about what you're doing now to help veterans. I am constantly saying to everyone that will listen that we are so well-trained. We're the best trained force in the world. And, and from the time we raise our right hand 
uh, and get shipped off to boot camp, we're we're being programmed, we're being trained, and we train, train, train to go. Um, you know, and and even if you don't see combat, we're still we're still training for that. And even if you're over there and you're not in direct battle, it's scary. You are in a different country, and you know that anything could happen at any time. And I believe personally, from my experience, that there's a disconnect of being in your body because when you're in your body, you feel, and you when you're in your head and something happens, you react to the training, and, and your program, your training, kind of takes over. And we need that. That's you know how we're able to do what we do. But then we come back, and there's no training to reconnect the head and the heart. And I've, I'm really into neuroscience. And uh, my goal is to one day become a neuropsychologist. But our, the same tissue that is in our head is in our gut. And, and it separates. This is a Mel Robbins talk that I was listening to. But it, it separates. And half of it goes to our head and half of it goes to our gut. And that made so much sense to me because I'm constantly having these veterans come through that say, I, I can't feel, I can't access my feelings. I have no feelings. So a lot of the work I do is based on reconnecting the head and the heart because I feel like when we're connected, our body can heal. Miraculous things have happened to people that have come through this program, even healing physically without changing anything but their mind. But, but you have to be connected. So we're really good at, at being trained on how to disconnect. And I think just some of the simple tools I use could be so beneficial upon return from deployment and just getting us out of our head and back into our body. Because when we live in our head, that breeds anxiety. And, and there is an entire science behind that. So you're right on in describing some of that and, and using really great terminology to describe what that looks like. And I know that you are using these tools to help people talk to us, Amanda, about your organization and what it does. Sure. I founded Hooves um, in 2009 and we became a 501c3 in 2011. But about a year after my breakdown, I was really well equipped. I had used the tools. I had learned how to neutralize the trauma that had happened to me. I was no longer emotionally impacted by it. I was actually grateful for it. And so one of the biggest things I teach is anything you're grateful for no longer has power over you. And that might seem like a stretch, but that's where the process comes in. So I took all of these tools and I have, I've been into horses uh, since I was three. I just, my parents were city people. I started saying horse one day and wouldn't stop. And it just escalated from there. <laughs> but I know I, when I was, Stationed at the Air Force Academy, I got into training wild horses. And I didn't have any explanation, any science behind any of this, but I went and adopted a, a wild baby Mustang. And as I started training this Mustang, I started to feel better. I started to communicate better. And it empowered me um, to leave my marriage, to come back to Ohio, and to start a horse farm business with my dad. And at first, it was self-serving. I wanted to go to the Olympics. I wanted to be back in the show community. And um, 
you know, six months after we opened, we had a full barn, things were booming and I just didn't fill my heart. And, um, and that's when the breakdown happened. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Carrying the work I learned with the horse and the, the tools that I used for training the horse that eventually impacted my well-being, and then these new coaching tools that I found, I decided to pair those together. And it started with just one veteran and we kind of tricked him. It, it was my friend's son and he didn't want to participate. So we said, well, we just need a model because um, we're going to do a video. So all you have to do is come out and do the exercises. You don't have to talk, nothing. And so he agreed to that. And, you know, we had been friends. So I don't, he didn't feel comfortable. He didn't want to say anything in front of me, which was fine. So he came out three different times. He did three exercises and then he never came back. And I thought, oh, well, maybe this just worked for me. It didn't work for anyone else. And I was going to give up. Well, he caught wind and he called his mom and he said, you have to tell her she can never stop. This has saved my life. This is the only thing that ever worked for me. And now he's actually a social worker and he helps other veterans. So I said, okay, I promise I will never give up. And there's been a lot of days that I want to, not anymore, but there was along the way, many, many days. It went from there and I, I used to just meet individually with veterans and I would only meet with them like six times. No one ever saw me more than six times. I had a curriculum of six different exercises. I, I would do one per week. And then in 2013, two days after Christmas, my dad passed away. Huh. And, you know... <laughs> These tools are what got me through it. He was my best friend. He was my business partner. We lived together and everyone was kind of like step back and they're like, oh my God, Amanda's just going to lose her mind. She's going to go crazy. She's never going to be able to do this. And, and I, I got through it with poison grace and I found myself taking on that leadership role for my family that my dad had and, and really finding a strength that I didn't know was in me. And I feel like that strength has now led me to where I'm at now. So five years later, we just purchased a 30-acre retreat center. That is everything I've ever dreamed that it would be. And you know, through that, I had to let go of my old farm. And I had to bounce around to some barns and I had to struggle. But um, now I'm here and I'm kind of at the, the, end, the end of the new beginning. And, um, and so now what was born out of the loss of my farm is that I could no longer meet with people individually. I was a single mom at the time. I've been in school for the past 10 years. I was working a job, um, waitressing, and then I was also serving in, in the guard. So 
it was really out of necessity. I said, okay, well, I still want to help veterans, but I'm going to have to help a group at a time, not just individually. And it's going to have to be one day a week. And so I, I did the, the six exercises and I had them come back once a week for six weeks. And it was good, but it was challenging because new people wanted to come in and then someone wouldn't show up. And you really need the whole group to go through together because it's synchronistic. And um, I said, okay, in November of 2015, I said, I'm just going to cram this all in one day and we're going to see what happens. So I only had three veterans show up. I had to put my now husband, we, were, we had just met at the time. I'm like, here, you're going to go do this. And, uh, and my volunteer coordinator. So I had five guys. I ran the six exercises in the eight-hour day. And I was just floored. I couldn't believe all of the things that, that happened and came together. And it was like each exercise was building on the other. And then everyone in the group started to facilitate each other and, and share stories. And it was phenomenal. And, I, and it was in that moment, I was like, this is it. This is the secret sauce. This is how I need to do this. Well, um, I decided that I would start holding these monthly workshops. I, I was going to actually shut down for the winter because it was November. And um, they said, no, you're not shutting down. We're coming back next month. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, my policy is if you show up, I'll show up. And they came back in December and then January. And they just kept getting better. And I had gotten a Facebook message from one of the guy's wives. And she said, I don't know what you did, but my husband is back. You know, he was disconnected from me and his, his three daughters for 10 years. Now he's back and, and he's almost who he was before. And, and I just saw everyone get restored. I had another guy who couldn't leave his apartment and now he's out volunteering. And so it was really powerful. But then I had someone come through and, uh, and he was pretty scary when he showed up and he didn't want to do the group thing. And we just did a four hour session and um, it blew his mind. And he couldn't get over the fact that a horse actually changed his entire life in a matter of four hours. So he called me and he was like, I can't go to work. Like my head is spinning. I need more time to process that. So from that struggle, I realized, you know what, for people who are deeply in this and, and really struggling, they need to be pulled out of their environment. They need time to process and, um, and they need my, my coaching throughout the next few days. And then they need better follow-up. So of that, we kind of, develop the three pillars of hoops. So the first pillar is you come and you do the three-day retreat. So you're pulled out of your environment. Um, you get three days of, it's kind of like an intensive. The horses show you everywhere you're stuck in your life. Uh, and then we work together as a group and I ask some um, questions that help you put those pieces back together. And then on the last day, we come up with a, a vision plan or a, a personal mission statement that helps you attach, reattach to a purpose or attach more to maybe a purpose you have. And then you go out. And then um, the second piece of that is the Hooves community. So every month they can come back and we do a service project because the second step of healing is serving. So everyone gets to come back and we make food for the homeless or we do fundraisers or building projects in the community. And, and so that helps keep them on purpose. 
And it also helps bridge that educational gap of the community and, and what veterans are and why they should care and why we're valuable. And um, so that's a really important piece. And then the third piece is just the ongoing support where they come back monthly and, and maybe there's, you know, I teach, there's always going to be more stuff to clear. Clear something, you get something else. But they can practice the tools and maybe there's something specific that they want to work on. So that's the third piece is the continuing education. And what this new facility will give us is in our last retreat and a couple of the guys, they had some things that they didn't feel comfortable discussing in group. So they actually stayed at the farm for three extra days and they helped take care of the animals and they helped do stuff around the farm and um, just kind of process and decompress. And, and so now we have a space where if someone's struggling and they've been in the program and they just need a break, Maybe they need to come out for a day or they need to stay overnight. Um, they have access to this space that's just very healing and very comforting. So. This all sounds really amazing. One of the questions I want to ask you, you, you mentioned throughout our discussion today, these tools, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the tools, but you also said, use the example of the veteran who was standoffish uh, and then you know, basically after four hours was in shock because the horse changed his life. For those listening that are not familiar with equine therapy, talk to, talk to us about what it is and how you actually use horses in your work to help veterans with PTSD. Great. So the amazing part about interacting with a horse is that they have this innate ability to, to read our body language at such a fine level. And I personally believe that they can read our thoughts because our our small nonverbal body language is attached to our subconscious. So like if you see someone and you're like, oh, how's your day? And you can tell just by looking at them that they're not having a good day. If you magnify that times a hundred, the horses can see into you and they say a, a horse is a mirror to your soul. So what's ha- going to happen is you will come out and you'll interact with these horses and whatever your predominant behaviors are, um, the horses are going to pick up those traits and they're going to they're display it back to you. So in that very first exercise of the first workshop I did, one of the horses that's generally a very loving and kind and almost a cuddly horse started pacing the arena and putting her ears back and baring her teeth. And um, that's a very uncommon uh, behavior for a horse. They're flight animals first. So they don't just display aggressive behavior for no reason. And of course, I'm trained in safety. So I know that I need to redirect the, the pressure, the mental pressure. So I call the guys over and I say, hey, what's going on? Why is the horse behaving like this? And the one guy says, well, that horse is afraid. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it doesn't look really afraid to me. To me, it looks aggressive. Uh, but I never, you know, I never say that. And um, said, okay, tell me more. Why do you think this horse is? is behaving afraid. And he said, well, he's in a new environment. He doesn't know what's expected of him. He doesn't know this or that. And and he's explaining. And then he stops and he takes a step back and he says, that's, that's me. My, my wife and children think I'm aggressive, but I'm afraid. And so, so in that moment, he was able to externally identify what was going on. 
And then I was able to say, well, we can't take fear out of the arena. So or we can't take fear out of our life. So we can't take it out of the arena. How are we going to work with it? How are we going to use our fear as a benefit instead of something that creates shame and guilt and anger? So they, the group decided they were going to harness fear. So they went and got the halter, put the halter on the horse and boom, it was a different horse. The moment it was harnessed, it became the most cooperative horse. It became uh, the horse that led all the other horses through the rest of the exercises. So at the end of the day, we were able to say, how is fear a benefit? And they were able to say, well, fear kept us alive. Fear motivated us. Uh, fear keeps our family safe. And so a lot of the work I do is, is just based off of removing shame and guilt. That's the process. That's how this works. The horses will show up and give you back whatever you give. I've had a lot of horses be stubborn and refuse to engage. And the guys will go, oh man, that's what I do to my family. So you're going to get a clear read on everything that you put out to this world. And then what you have is the opportunity to make real-time shifts and change that in the arena. And the moment you shift, then the horse shifts. And so you can see that feedback of, wow, so this is great. You just did this and it, it caused the horse to do this. So when you go home and you're faced with a challenge, what are you going to do instead? Oh, well, I know that when I decided to be kind to the horse instead of angry with it, it responded better. So now I can go home and do that with my spouse. Wonderful. And there's quite a bit of research which does suggest the power, not just with horses, but animal therapy in general, but the way that you describe that and, and you're using some of these other tools, uh, just phenomenal. And I wanted to segue a bit because I know that since you created Hooves, you've also written a book and talk to us about, tell us the name of the book and tell us yeah. what a reader would get out of picking up that book and going through those steps. I wrote this book based on how I like to read a book and I am busy and impatient. So I don't like to read a lot of words. I don't really care about a lot of backstory. I just want to know uh, what are the key points? How can I apply them to get the benefit? So my book is called The Little Book of Questions for Massive Transformation. And I, it's only uh, about 160 pages. I give a little backstory and then I it's split into three chapters. So the first chapter is if you have an emotional charge on a person. Um, the second chapter is if you have an emotional charge on yourself. And the third chapter is if you have an emotional charge on a situation. And I wrote this book because a lot of people, even though I encourage taking notes, will leave the retreat and then they'll email me or call me, hey, what was that that you asked me? Or how do I run through these, this process again? So now I kind of have a... It's an interactive workbook. There's lots of space for you to journal. And it will really take you through uh, loosely the process I use to overcome uh, emotional charge. Very good. Uh, we're certainly going to have a link to that book and everything that's Amanda held in the show notes and that, that in the Daily Helping app. So uh, thank you for sharing that. We are, we're at time here, Amanda, I wish we had more time to chat today. Uh, but I am so grateful for you coming on the show, sharing your story and for the work that you're doing. Tell us where we can find everything about you and Hooves on the internet as resources for veterans who might be interested. If you go to my website, www.hooves.us, you can see a lot of videos we were able to film some of the retreats this year and you'll get uh, feedback. 
I always say, I don't like to promote my organization. I like the people who have benefited from it to promote. So there's uh, information on the retreats. Our 2019 schedule will be out this week. And then there's also information on if you'd like to support uh, the breakdown of support that's needed and, and how that Perfect. And, and HOOV stands for Healing of Our Veterans Equine Services, which we didn't mention, but I think that's a really clever it name. It is. I had to go with an acronym. <laughs> yes. Everyone's got to have an acronym. I love it. Uh, Amanda, as I said, we're at time. And one of the things that I do is that I ask all of my guests at the end of our episodes, what is your biggest helping? The single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to have after listening to our talk today? The one thing I find myself continuously saying to everyone is, if you feel like you're the only one going through this, you're not. I promise you're not. And the the first step to healing is accepting where you're at and understanding that you're not alone and you cannot get through it alone. Nobody can get through this alone. So if you're struggling, just know that when you show up to a group, everyone else is is going through the same thing, even though you feel like you're the only one. And I encourage everyone to get a mentor, get a coach, get a therapist, whatever you need. But there's always going to be someone just a little further than you that can help you get there. And don't try to do it like you. Perfectly said, Amanda. And I want to add to that for any veterans listening to this who are in crisis, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. Amanda, this was a powerful, amazing episode, and I'm so grateful that we had our talk. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for for reaching out and, and having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And a special thank you to everyone listening to this who has served in the military and given to our country. We're at the end of time. Again, this was a great episode. If you like what you heard today, Go subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast and be able to get some help if they need it. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 